Welcome to Monty and Mickey. This is actually a part one of two for our uh, streaming service uh, episodes. Uh, apologize in advance. Uh, the audio uh, is lagging a little bit towards the end of this episode, and uh, I believe in episode two, part two as well, uh, we had uh, two people calling in, and uh, as the episode went on, it got progressively worse on the recording end of it. But otherwise, it's a great episode, a lot of really good content, so enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monty and Mickey, the Geek Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, today, we have a special edition of Monty and Mickey. Uh, we not only have one guest on the show, but two guests on this particular episode. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about streaming services, and uh, so I brought in uh, some past uh, Monty and Mickey royalty, uh, and so without We're not even royalty. Without so further ado, uh, so obviously I'll introduce myself. My name my name is Monty. Um, my alter ego would be uh, I don't know. Um, uh, Back to the Future Batman. There we go. Okay. Uh, I, uh, everybody's got to say what their alter ego is. Okay. So Mickey, uh, this is this is Mickey. If you didn't know already. Oh, I'm Mickey. So what would your Awkward alter ego? Silence. Be? I guess I'd. I'm thinking Star Wars, so I'd, I'd be a cross between Jar Jar Binks Yoda and then maybe Deadpool mixed up. Awesome. I am going to have nightmares about that. Yeah, what a freaky looking guy. Hey, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, so our first guest, Abby, the uh, the Star Wars resident expert slash uh, uh, Reddit researcher. Yeah. Yes. Has more information for our episodes than we do. Really. Yes. Abby, welcome, welcome back to the show. It's oh, been a while. Thank you. thank you. Yes, it has about a year actually. Welcome. Yeah. Um, so, what would if you if you had to pick an alter ego, what would your alter ego be? So I have to laugh a little bit because I'm way ahead of you guys. I developed this alter ego back in like 2007. As usual, of course yeah. you did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and she is bathing suit girl. Which it's a long story. We don't have time for that. But just imagine. Oh, sure. Throw it out there and then cut it off. A random woman in a bathing suit with a towel haphazardly tied around her neck, definitely lopsided. And one of those spa masks, like the ones that have like the bubbly stuff in it, tied around her face. And you got bathing suit, girl. I don't know how she fights crime, quite frankly, but. Somebody, somebody, something. somebody, get her a meeting with Marvel. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta see this in the MCU. Yeah. I feel like, like more of a horror movie, movie to me. <laughs> That's what really, I kind of a cross. Like it really depends. It could, she could honestly be a villain origin story. Honest, I, I almost like she that could, better. She could be a, a yeah, if a, a chaotic. What do they call chaotic neutral? What's a chaotic? Oh good? What's, yeah. What's the what's the what's the one where they're like, just do what they want, but. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Kind of like Deadpool. Like, I think she just created a new genre too, like action porn <laughs> horror. Yeah. You know, this is your this is your first warning, Mickey. This is this is again. We we've been talking about this for a while now. That if anybody's interested, we're we're trying to avoid a situation where we have to put an explicit. I said the word porn. Calm down. But we don't want to have. What we're trying to avoid is maybe someday eventually monty and mickey after dark so we will see if that ever comes to fruition what, what monty is trying to calmly tell the viewers is i am not pg rated 
<laughs> I've got my hand on the mute button. I'm sorry, the the uh, the the beep button. I found a way to do it, Abby, so you can. And I'm my mind's always in the gutters. I'll work my way around this. <laughs> Fading through glow will prevail. And last but certainly not least, oh hey Ryan, our jo- <laughs> our our, uh, our Joker extraordinaire, uh, Mister Mister Ryan, last name bleeped for privacy reasons yeah. hello there hi <laughs> if you if you had an alter ego sir what would yours be well after spending a good 15 seconds of intense thought and <laughs> a complete utter lack of preparation my alter ego i think would That's be right. present day monty oh god <laughs> oh wow so you would just you'd, you'd be me yeah, you went to the past, so I think I would just stay current. Oh, okay, okay, because I'm going to be time traveling. Yeah, someone's got to hold the fort down. Don't make I him regret you that. you taking Monty. care of my, you know, my family for me. Don't with, make him regret that by doing which, something he doesn't like. If that were the case, we'll never know if you successfully went back in time because someone's already covering your present. <laughs> okay. I, it's too late for me to start to think that way I'm, i i like this ryan is offering up some new perspectives and i really appreciate that we might have to do a time travel episode someday but do it all right we did it so came out last week so, so ah. uh, <laughs> here we go up 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 all right so uh so we got through the first part which is you know the the episode topic and the second arguably more important information that our listeners want to hear what are y'all drinking Ooh, abby abby (laughs) what are you drinking so i'm in the wine i'm pretty heavily in the wine at this point like i'd tell you how many glasses but let's just say a bottle of wine Okay. Right. Right. A bottle, red, white, green. Oh, it's blue. it's white because green I have wine. I have no ability to handle that dry stuff. It's got to be super sweet, so it's definitely. Moscato. It's actually a peach wine, so I went super basic. Okay. Ryan, I've got half a cup of coffee and a Moon Man. Ooh. Ooh. And, the, and the reason for your philosophical question about time travel is because you're mixing those right now. Yeah. Moon man. So you got the caffeine to keep your mind sharp and the alcohol to let it, you know, to let it wander places. Wander. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> Mickey? Moon man is New Glarus, right? It is. I'm drinking New Glarus raspberry tart. And I'm so, drinking a New Glarus Wisconsin well, look, that's, Belgium red. Here's one for New Glarus. Yeah, cheers. Abby, come on. Look, you yeah. are from Wisconsin. Oh, you're in not. Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> I am literally the one that's in a different state. So I, it is illegal to transport New Glarus through Iowa. So I had to deal. Excuses, you're in a different state already. Excuses. Uh, they're very good excuses, Monty. Very good excuses. Anyways, so uh, let's uh, let's get into some in the news and some some uh, uh, information that's uh, going on. I guess uh, Mickey, what uh, what do we got? What what has been posted on the interwebs lately? Uh well, um, first of all, there's um, <laughs> you posted one thing that says Yoda bagels and Anakin bagels. Those yeah. actually look kind of yeah. kind of nice. For reference, it's a meme um, of. 
a bagel that looks like the top half screen and it's got ears and then the bottom ones are just burnt. Just burnt. <laughs> and then uh, there's a reference to a new Black Widow movie, the final trailer. That's supposed to be coming out in May, right? Uh, yes. Yes. No. Yes. I thought yes. it was May That's 1st right. or something. They, they actually had a release date now, right? I believe so. And I wanted to say I thought the trailer said that. Wand- WandaVision is coming out January 15th. Yes. So. Uh, otherwise, um, the Hamilton Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So, yeah, the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is going to be virtual this year. Um, and I guess, well, virtual, I mean, <laughs> it's not just going to be a bunch <laughs> of CGI guys. They're all going to do a Zoom call. Down the street. <laughs> um, there's going to be live performances, but there's not going to have any um, any fans. So, you know, just like every other year for the majority of Americans. Um so the yeah, I guess Hamilton's gonna. I don't know if it's gonna be the original cast or what's it gonna be, but they're gonna they're gonna have a performance. I'm sure they're gonna do a a song or two like on that you know giant Macy star like they do usually. Uh, a lot of this other stuff we've kind of talked about in the last episode. Uh, there's a Lego Coliseum. Yeah, that's coming out. That looks amazing. Did you see this yet, Abby? Yes, right. I have not. That looks amazing. So Ryan, this is a seven no nine thousand piece Lego set. It costs five hundred and fifty dollars. Tell me you guys are buying that to review it on the show. I want I to. wish on a separate note, there's a little um freebie if you're uh uh if you buy $150 worth of Lego next weekend, they've got like a Charles Dickens, like a little um scene from a Christmas Carol lego set that's like a freebie but anyways so if a few subscribers want to go in and get monty and mickey this coliseum do it now Ooh. come on yeah i didn't out. even think about yes okay if that's anybody awesome. wants to support our how about this i guarantee you an episode reviewing the coliseum uh lego set if you uh buy, if you it, buy for it for us, us. I I will drive to your house with this. Maybe we'll do the whole episode just building it. Right. Do an episode while oh, we're God. building it. Guys, baby. Eight hours later. I don't have enough patience for that. Look, Bathing Suit Girl will make a special appearance there. So let's let's make this happen. Quick little bit of research. That's extra on that. motivation. It's 9,036 pieces. It's 10 and a half inches high. 20 and a half inches wide, 23 and a half inches deep. And it's the largest that will take over the previous record, which was Lego's Millennium Falcon. Two feet deep by two feet. And so some people like, it's kind of like tongue in cheek, but some people are like, Oh, I was surprised by the price. It's actually a good price. The reason why they're saying that is because the 7,000 piece Millennium Falcon was $800 new. They're going for well over a thousand now, if you can find them. And I think part of that was the licensing that went along with Star Wars. You know, that, oh, sure. that cost built. I mean, unless I'm mistaken, I don't think oh, Rome sure has a license it. on no. the Coliseum. No. So. no but- I want to name drop. I've actually been to the Coliseum, so that's why I've I wanna- been to the Coliseum as well. Oh, Ryan? Have I have as Coliseum? well. Oh, shit. Abby? I have nice. not, and I hate you all. <laughs> hey. Man, someone's feeling like an outsider so, here with the beer. So, and the no, uh, yeah, gosh. <laughs> Wow. wow. And like COVID restrictions. So you guys are privileged and I'm going to pour wine now. Thanks. Yeah. 
and I have no problem being privileged. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> we're, we're not, yeah, we're not arguing with you. Abby. Yeah. I mean, damn. To be fair, this was back when my wife was, uh, was studying abroad. Um, Which broad? Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I, I mean, I was studying abroad. It was confusing, but um, it's, it's anyways, they're, they're open-minded. <laughs> All right. So, in Europe or what? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get into it. Um, well, first of all, before before we get any further, um, this might be the <laughs> where Ryan's out of the loop. Mickey, have you caught up on Mandalorian yet? Ah, uh, heck yeah. Abby, yesterday I watched it. Uh, due to some certain life circumstances, I haven't been able to watch the two most recent episodes. So I am so sorry. I need to cash in on my uh, Star Wars credit, and I will make it up. I promise. You got so, something to look forward to. Yeah, you definitely. So this, this, I don't want to. I'm not going to. Okay, first of all, are you a? Are you, did you watch uh, Rebels or Clone Wars? The I have definitely the, seen parts of it. I will admit, I hadn't really been aware of it until like when we did our Star Wars episode. I didn't realize how important it was to the entire Star Wars uh, franchise because if you've listened to the previous Star Wars episode. Um, I will just say that I've been a reluctant Star Wars fan, so I avoided Star Wars Clone Wars. I'm getting into it now, and I regret my avoidance a lot. Well, well, the thing is, is they're starting to do what Marvel was doing. Yes, it is going to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give away too much. And I didn't even. Brian, did you watch? Are you caught up on the Mandalorian? Um, so I have watched the first episode of the first season okay what so you're at least aware that you know <laughs> what so anyways that's i knew ryan wasn't as, as much of a star wars fan um, it, it's pretty good though it's a, it's a good show what's that just just to, damn it ryan come on to, to gain uh, some street cred with abby um in the disney plus subscription that i had we made it our mission to finish all of Marvel. And we started with never having seen really any of the Marvel movies. I saw a few, but my wife, Jesse hadn't. So we took six months and we probably did it all in three months and watched all of the Marvel movies. And then the last Marvel movie last day, it expired. So I got one episode of Mandalorian because we didn't really have a lot of free time with the subscription. Brian, Brian, sweetie, um, I love you, but you're hurting my soul. That was, that was a condescending <laughs> you always, sweetie. You, when, a, when a woman calls you sweetie, yeah, you know that it's going to be bad. Anything after that. It's kind of like in the South when they say, bless your heart. I, <laughs> I mean, I sincerely love Brian, and I thoroughly appreciate his friendship. We've had many great conversations. But this Marvel thing, he's like... It, I can take it if you're not a Star Wars fan, as long as you understand the greatness of Marvel. But the fact that you were missing out on both, it really hurts me on on a soul deep level. Oh man, that, that's for another podcast. I won't go deeper. It's for another. I was going to say that Ryan just hung up. No, there's there's some stuff there, but we we've got a lot of good content ahead, so I'll save that for a yeah. different podcast. Good man. Good man. Uh, so, so all, all I'll say, and I'm not going to um, ruin any any of the episode, but this latest episode especially, uh, it, it was to the point where I got done with that episode, episode three of season two, 
And I immediately went into Disney Plus. Well, I mean, I was in Disney Plus, but I immediately went in and started watching Clone Wars because I'm like, what the hell? There's there's a story here. So it's very, it, it's tied in. So what I was going to say, though, is they're doing what Marvel is doing in terms of from here on out, now that we're, we're getting this WandaVision TV show coming and we've got a couple other Disney Plus TV shows, you're going to have to keep up on those to get all the inside jokes and all the references and everything. So I think Star Wars is getting to the point where, like, yes, you had to watch the movies and, like, clearly the movies were, you know, they had this kind of trajectory that you were able to pay attention to. But now it's like, oh, well... I would I know that I would appreciate this episode a lot more and who the who the heck these people are if I was if I had watched the Clone Wars. So yeah, I didn't watch that or Rebels. Right. Yeah. I think that they're they're obviously touted. They they, they seem like a you know a kids you know something because they they're just animated. Did. Yeah. But Dave Filoni directed oh, it. He ta- and he talks about it like it's his baby. Yeah. It. it I mean, yeah. him and him and George Lucas. I mean, he really worked with him. And, Hard. And, yeah. yeah. So, anyways. All righty. So let's get into the the meat and potatoes of the episode here. Um. So first of all, I just kind of want to start out with like a kind of a brief history, or kind of like in in uh, Abby will be kind of picking up where I leave off here. But essentially what you have is uh, for the longest time you had, you know, anytime that you, let's say you want to watch a movie or you want to watch TV, the longest time it was coming in over the air, right? Over the airwaves, you're picking up with bunny ears. And then cable came and you had, you know, had a satellite dishes come and all this stuff that really fell under to kind of like the umbrella of cable or dish, right? As satellite dish or di- cable or, you know, and it was live. It was, you had to be sitting in front of your TV. I remember my, my grandma actually talking about, or my grandpa talking about, he thought that if you shut off the TV back in, you know, the 1970s, 60s, that it would pause his spot in his TV show, you know, for, you know, Buckaroo Banzai or something, right? And his big ass so, Zenith TV. Right. And his, yeah. And his, and his black and white. TV. So, because, you know, he had to go to the bathroom, came back, and it, it clearly didn't pause. Then you get TiVo, right? And this is a huge deal, oh, that was right? Really so you can pause, rewind, record. You've got, you know, got this DVR. And all this stuff kind of is just all building towards what eventually becomes streaming service. And obviously, um, so each one of us uh, kind of researched and is going to cover one streaming service. And uh, Abby's going to cover Netflix first, and I don't want to take away too much from her, but that really, I mean, unless you want to talk about in broad terms like YouTube and some of these other things that were like web-based, uh, go on your computer and watch a, a web-based episode of something, really Netflix was the first one to kick all of this off and start what would become this multi-trillion dollar industry that, that was we, just mailing movies for a while before when they first right, started the right? first yeah, yeah exactly and then eventually and so so i and i'm obviously anybody who's listening to this podcast and unless you're like 10 years old which hey sweet if you got a 10 year old listening yeah. it's a future all demographics you know, baby uh but clearly you know all of that already and you've lived through that right we we our generation and older lived through all of these steps in, in what I would consider media advancements. Right. And part of the reason why we're so um, why we wanted to cover this 
episode specifically, this topic specifically is everything that we do for the podcast for the most part is we're, the medium we're using or the service we're using is a streaming service. So it's, in, it's, it's the important tool of what we do as far as watching and reviewing. And it was part of like when we started this podcast with the whole watch, like it came out of us watching the Marvel movies and going through that and be like, Hey, this is really cool. And we got together and talked about it. That was all done through, you know, sometimes we rented the movies, but a lot of it for the majority was through a streaming service. Um, Plus we wanted Ryan and Abby to join us. Well, that's a a perfect segue, Mickey, uh, because I do (laughs) because uh, Ryan and Abby were actually visiting me probably a year plus ago, uh, Oktoberfest last year. Was that two years ago? No, last year. It was a year. Oktoberfest last year, though. This year seems like it's four years. Long. I know. It no, we you visited, that wasn't you visited a year us ago. this year. Yeah, it was over a year ago. I'm talking about when Ryan, when uh, right when you guys came to visit and came to that Oktoberfest, and then all of our significant others passed out on my couch, oh. and then we stayed up talking about streaming services and what the future of streaming services and talked more in depth about it and that gave me the idea back then for an episode because it was so good and we should have just went down to the basement and started recording yeah. it sounds a that's a lot less creepy than it sounded um, <laughs> <laughs> so so that that kind of sparked the whole idea of like hey this, there's there's a lot of content there's a lot of like interesting things and conversations <laughs> ryan don't spit your beer out i'm sorry but it's not done it's just <laughs> The, the more I think about it, especially leading with after all of our it's, significant others passed out. Yeah. It gets worse the more you think about it. Just, just stop yourself oh, while you're here. Anyways, uh, so that, that brought us to where we are right now. Um, so I guess to kick it off, uh, the and the oldest uh, streaming service that I'm aware of, unless there's something else out there, uh, Abby, can you uh, can you kind of give us so, – so the format for our listeners, so what we were planning on doing is, like I said, each one of us researches – the person's going to talk about that. And then we're just going to kind of have like maybe after they get done with what they're talking about or throughout that conversation to just kind of interject and have questions or maybe just kind of open discussion about what, what uh, maybe new information we're hearing or questions we have or things that, you know, just, just interesting things to bring to the conversation or just smart remarks or yeah. Yes. Our our specialty. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, yeah, Abby, Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we get started, what does everybody have access to? Mickey, what what uh, what streaming services do you have access to? Um, currently, I have Netflix because I'm piggybacking Netflix and Hulu off my sister and brother-in-law. And you notice I said access to, not paying for. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm piggybacking. I mean, and that's another me, part of you know the because streaming you, experience. You can so. get five or six or how many people, and I'm yeah, I'm mooching off them for those. Um, I have. Verizon. So for a year, I have Disney Plus. Um, then I have, I bought Stars for six months for like twenty five bucks. So that's gonna go away. Do you still pay for cable? You do have, cable. and I have Dish. Yeah, he has Dish because okay. I have just too much money, and I'm really good <laughs> spending it. So, okay, um, Ryan, what uh, currently? What do you have for streaming services, either paid or what you're using right now? I've got Netflix, Hulu. Apple TV and Disney Plus ended a, a short while ago. 
Okay, but you have obviously you had experience with Disney Plus. Okay, I did. Yeah, and we also and- had experience with uh, DirecTV now rebranded to AT and T now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, I had that for a while too. Um, Abby, what do you what do you currently have for streaming access? So what I have is Netflix. Um, I've got Prime Video, and then I've also got. Uh, so I said Netflix, private. Oh, Disney Plus. That's the one I'm forgetting about because I really didn't want to jump in on Disney Plus last year. Uh, but then they came out with The Mandalorian, and oh, yeah. I had no choice, really. Baby Yoda was like, Abby, you're an idiot if you don't get this. So we got it. Literally, the first episode of Mandalorian came in, and we bought it the next day. My husband bought it. So FYI, I wasn't the one who caved. He did, but I would have caved within 12 hours if he hadn't. It's worth it, too, just for that show. It's worth it's it. It's so um, worth it. So what we currently have access to is Netflix that we're sharing from uh, my wife's, my mother-in-law, uh, Hulu TV, which we pay for because we we uh, had trouble picking up over-air Packer games, and that was just not – we were just sick of dealing with that. So we actually yeah. paid for it this year, which I'll – you know, we'll talk about that maybe at the end of the whole aspect of – you know, no contracts, picking it up and dropping it, depending on the time of year or what, you know, what content is available. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Netflix, which I, I said Netflix, Hulu, uh, Disney, Disney Plus, which we pay for. And then uh, we do have Amazon Prime Video, which we get because we, I think, because we have an Amazon Prime membership. So. I've heard that one's pretty good. I don't know much about it. But. That we, yeah, and we're not covering that one today, but I would say from experience, it's got some decent stuff. Um, it's not my number one go-to, but um, there was one original. They've got their own originals as well. Or yeah, like exclusive. I've heard some good shows. On uh, one called Carnival Row with, uh, oh God, who's the guy who was in Legolas and Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom and the girl who played Enchantress in Suicide Squad are the oh. two main characters in that. And that was that's a really Very well done. Range. Yep. Really, really well done. I, I enjoyed that. I watched the first season. So um, but anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Abby, and lead us off. Well, first of all, just to follow up on Amazon Prime, I will say that their content has gotten a lot better, and this is really applicable with COVID. Uh, they've made a lot more available and increased the amount that they're offering now. And uh, in a weird way, you can kind of thank COVID for that. They're back in the game for competing. But what oh, I'm covering, right? So what I'm covering is Netflix. And uh, for a little bit of background, so I grew up in rural Iowa, which means I, I was born in the 1990s. We grew up with farm TV. And in order to explain farm TV, the one thing I can remember is in second grade, uh, like Fox came through and added like a fourth channel to my viewing options. That was like wow. a life changing experience, guys. <laughs> so, farm TV it, just sounds like it should be a streaming service. Right? It does. It's like right. included. Farm. It's included with your subscription of Farmers Only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right? It sounds like a dating site. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're talking rural Iowa. So when I'm when I'm saying I've been around since the beginning of Netflix. I'm really not kidding. So the big thing here is for any Harry Potter fans, by the way, I totally wrote down Netflix a history and wrote a back and front page full of the timeline of Netflix. So you're welcome. 
<laughs> so first of all, Netflix was actually founded in 1997. So for those of you who haven't come in until the streaming service was available, the thing to be aware of was in 1998, um, Netflix was actually one of the world's first online DVD rental companies. So this was really huge, guys. This is the beginning of a new way of approaching renting movies. Um, when they launched, they had 925 titles available. I can tell you that their content, I mean, it's changed. So this is 925 DVD titles. They now have TV shows right. and everything else, right? But at that point, they Wait, were... Wait, hold on a second. Abby, can I just ask a quick, quick yes. question? I'm sorry to... to no, make... no, you're fine. Did they, did they have VHSs? So they did have VHSs, but at this point, this is when the DVD was coming in and was becoming king of media. So they yeah, were okay. really pushing DVD rentals. So you had to go to an actual rental store to still get the VHS copies. Because they would send them in the mail, right? Exactly. So Netflix really developed in this niche market, and it was really applicable to like my community of rural farming areas, where we didn't have a blockbuster, quite frankly. Um, you had to drive a... Decent amount of time in order to go to a blockbuster. So Netflix kind of had this appeal of because it was a mail order rental service. Um, so here's the cost of it. So this was in 1998. Uh, it was $4 per rental, $2 per postal charge. But when mm. you can get to a blockbuster to have like the latest movies be able to be sent to you by mail, this was like a luxury item that was available. And that's really how Netflix kind of got their first foothold in the market was places like where I grew up. We we didn't have blockbusters, like I said. So they really got a stronghold in these rural communities. Now in 1999, they finally offered like a monthly subscription. And the thing was, like, this was really new. So you have to understand Netflix has kind of been breaking ground throughout its entire existence. So they were offering a monthly subscription where you could get four DVDs per month at a flat rate of $15.95. I know that doesn't sound like a lot right now, but back then, this was just like opening up the world to me. So this was amazing. Like I could go get four new movies that I probably wouldn't see for, until they came out on VHS. This was huge. <laughs> and and also, go. I'm sorry, go ahead. No one had ever done this before. So how do, how do you price that stuff? So whatever price they gave you, you're like, that's amazing. And, and, the, other, and the other aspect that I want to add to that, and you've seen this shift, especially, I think Ryan and I, we've had this conversation, the shift in a per month fee, right? Instead of a per item fee, a per month fee, which if it's, it's a subscription based, um, it's a subscription based business, right? That, that approach. And I think that that is really where we're going with a lot of things already we've gone, but I think that you're absolutely right. Netflix was, was ahead of their time in that. And, sure. and correct me if I'm wrong, you got four DVDs, but then as you sent them back, they would send you another one on your list, right? Yes. So like when they open up the subscription option now, this is they had to accrue quite a bit of funding in order to actually give this kind of an option to people. So in order to create subscribers, they had to sit for a year and accrue the the amount of money they needed to make this even an option. So when I say this is groundbreaking, I mean like it had never been considered before. You were going, you were driving at least 20 to 30 minutes to get to the nearest like bigger city that might have a rental option in a gas station in order to get a movie. So the fact that they had oh, offered yeah. this monthly subscription 
was big. And yeah, it was, you could take these four DVDs, you could technically hold them as long as you needed in order to view them. So previously in like 1998, when they were first starting, you'd get late fees, kind of like a library. You hold it so long, you start accruing late fees. But when the subscription service rolled out, you could keep those titles as long as you want. It's just you had to send one back in order to get a new one, which, again, if you grew up in a farming community, this was big because your time, depending on the season, was really different. You might have a lot of time over, like, the winter months, but during harvest season, you didn't have any time. So, and red boxes and those kinds of things didn't exist they yet, didn't exist right. yet. No, Netflix was pretty much the first one that was widespread over the U.S. that we had access to. So that's why they had kind of the the beginnings of a cult following. So when we when we call Netflix the originator, there's a reason for that because they saw a need and they fulfilled it. But if you're okay, I'm going to move along in the timeline, guys. Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Where does where does uh where does uh, Captain Marvel come into this? She <laughs> fell into a blockbuster. Sorry, what, sorry. Keep going. You know, what I find so funny is okay, guys. In 2000, the year 2000, right? So you got them or in the new millennium and all of that. We're all thinking we're going to this futuristic thing. Netflix actually offered itself up for acquisition to Blockbuster because they were struggling a bit because they were doing something so new. Trying to get people to buy into it wasn't a big thing. So people who had access to Blockbuster were like, why am I going to do a mail-in service when I can literally just drive down to the corner street and find a Blockbuster? So Netflix was struggling. They offered themselves up to Blockbuster for just $50 million. And you know what Blockbuster did? they laughed them out of the room so this is ironic now because we all know what happens to blockbuster right but at the time blockbuster was looking at netflix like you are this itty bitty company and you want to offer yourself up for 50 million dollars honey we don't need you like i mean that's flat out what they were doing so you Hmm. go for just just two years 2002 was blockbuster's best year they peaked they absolutely peaked so FYI, they never got any better than 2002. That's when Redbox came on the scene, and this was a direct competitor to Netflix, right? Wow. Yep. They've yep. been around that long, Redbox. They I have been around that long. I kind, of, I kind of was surprised, too, but Redbox actually kind of came about because they saw Netflix was getting a hold, again, like my fellow farmers, like it was getting a hold in that rural community setting. So Redbox, by having this like vending machine-style where you do $1 for a night to rent this movie. They actually did pretty well in rural communities. And it wasn't too expensive because you didn't have to have somebody manning a store like a Blockbuster. You just put basically a vending machine out. People would come and get it because we needed something different than like the three channels we had to watch. Four at that point. Yeah. And, you, and you can literally <laughs> put it anywhere, right? They're, they're, at, a, they're at CBS. Yeah, they're like at they a, would be outside uh, of a grocery Walgreens. store. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely as long as so you got they, power basically to hook up to yeah they had a lot better of a wider spread than blockbuster did so that's 2002 well don't worry guys because by 2003 netflix was still going and that's when they actually reached their one million dollar uh, one million subscribers so like they hit that one million dollar mark which is really big for most companies yeah and two years the two years following that they managed to double everything <laughs> That's that's impressive, right? So over two years, that's a huge growth for Netflix. Beginning to try to show that this this new kind of streaming, or well, it wasn't streaming yet, I shouldn't say that, but this this 
rental or this pay pay per rental subscription service had something for these rural communities that were underserved by big box stores like Family Video or Blockbuster. Now, Blockbuster did launch an online service, but compared to Netflix's $15.95, they were $19.99 per month. But they did offer unlimited DVD rentals. Now, for those of you who can't figure this out, in rural farming communities, you really look at your dollars. And unlimited doesn't mean anything. I don't have time to watch unlimited movies. Maybe I've got time to watch four DVDs. $15.95 $15.95 is a hell of a lot cheaper than $19.99. So mm-hmm. Blockbuster str- started struggling here, right? And Netflix is really starting to find its stride. So by 2006, um, Netflix was doing really well. In fact, they were doing so well that they offered a $1 million prize, which I just had to point this out. So they actually offered a $1 million prize to any company that can provide a better video recommendation algorithm. Hmm. That's how well that they were doing. They could offer this kind of like excessive prize money just to fix their algorithm for recommending videos to different subscribers, right? Right. Which, if anybody's Hmm. questioning took three years and the people who won was actually called Belcor's pragmatic chaos made up of seven researchers across four countries. Sure. I've heard yep. of them. Yeah. Yep. They took three years, but they actually created the, as far as I can tell, the most current algorithm was developed by this, this group of researchers. So kudos wow. to them. Well-earned yeah. money. Right. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been a, a risk on their part? Cause to say, develop something better. Do you have to make your current algorithm public? Kind of, actually. You, this was kind of like this first form of like public resourcing where we're saying, hey, as a, as a company, I mean, they, they did have public shares this time, so I shouldn't call them a private company. But they're saying, hey, we think we can do better. Somebody out there, do you think you can do better than us? If so, we're actually offering up money for you to, to prove to us that you can do better. And this group delivered. Now, it, it took three years. So it wasn't until 2009, but they were able to deliver something. That's that's kind of cool, right? That's it's like pretty inter- bold to do yeah. that in the first right? place. Right? Like, that's interacting. And at this point, you have to remember, Netflix wasn't global, but this was a group across four different countries that came together to develop this algorithm. Again, I, I could be very wrong, and if somebody knows the actual information, please let us know. Um, but as far as I know, they're still using this algorithm to this day. Hmm. Really That's instrumental really cool. to their streaming service, right? I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So, and in like, it took until 2007 that Netflix actually launched its video streaming service. Um, this is really big. Uh, again, I know it's kind of weird to look back through the lens 13 years, but like this was a, another groundbreaking breaking move. This was their first like reinvention because they were moving away from their original core business model of mailing DVDs. And at this point, they had 7.5 million subscribers. Wow. Right? So we're mm-hmm. talking like they hit 1 million in 2003. By 2007, they had 7.5. This is exponential Jeez. growth. That's this, is, big time. this is huge. Right? Yeah. We mm-hmm. haven't seen anything like this previously. This was, this was new. This, again, this was Netflix. Um, it was actually 2008 when Hulu launched public access in the U.S. So 
they kind of set the way for Hulu, FYI. They could take a big bow for this because it wasn't until a year later where Hulu became available. And I can tell you through living through that time, um, people were taking advantage of the mail-in subscription orders through Netflix, but nobody was touching Hulu. Now, I was in college. I know that dates me, but like I, I was in college when this was happening. None of us were like, yeah, we're totally going to pay for a Hulu subscription to watch TV. No, no we didn't care. We're like, we'll miss the episode. That's fine. They'll do a rerun eventually. <laughs> Right. Great. Um, but then in 2009, this, I think, is kind of the thing that really made Netflix uh, a really big contender. So they partnered with multiple electronics companies. So in that time, if you bought a PlayStation or a smart TV, Netflix was an app available on that platform. Yep. And again, like smartphone, smartphones weren't really a thing. We we're still using flip phones or like I'm trying to remember. It was like the LG chocolate where it was a little slide cell phone right hold on a second resident resident apple expert what year did the apple iphone come out i think it was 2007 okay so there you go that's that's exactly the the timeline that it that those that uh smartphones weren't were there but weren't developed enough for this type of service so sorry go ahead no, no. And to give you kind of a taste into what the culture was like, you didn't have a ton of Apple fanboys. Apple fanboys were absolutely like a bare minimum because we nobody could afford it. And now granted, this is coming through a farm kids perspective. There were like two people in our entire town that could afford, afford an Apple product. We laughed them out of the freaking school because we were like, oh, you got an Apple iPhone, whatever. Like, we literally don't care. We have our little iPods. That's good enough. Thank you very much. And here's my Zoom. Please check yourself out the door, right? Like, like we, we, we did not oh, have man. the money necessary to be Apple fanboys. And meanwhile, Ryan's in Chicago, and he's, like, getting made fun of because he doesn't have an he doesn't iPhone. Have right? It's just this weird thing that you grew up with. So... Netflix, like I said, it's easy for me to talk about because I was in a community where it really already had a strong foothold because we didn't have access. We were literally blocked off from other access because we were a rural community, so we weren't seen as valluable enough. So Netflix, thank you for for remembering your farm kids. We appreciate you had mail-in movies and corn. That's pretty much. We absolutely did. That's basically what we did for our fun time, right? If you had a Netflix subscription, cool. You were the cool house. We were going to congregate there. (laughs) Netflix and corn. (laughs) Sounds like a (laughs) 80s cop show or something. Absolutely. So, like 2009, apps still aren't that popular. And you have Netflix. It's already showing, like, hey, if you get a new PlayStation, you can click on this Netflix app. You can create your own login account and look at this access you have to movies. And it, they also were available on smart TVs. Though, again, I was still in Iowa. I didn't know anybody who owned a smart TV. I knew people who owned PlayStation. So that's how I actually got introduced. I still to own one of those. <laughs> yep. Uh, but did not have on a smart TV. So, again, you're getting a stronghold, a foothold in these rural communities. And in 2010... Netflix actually got with Apple so that they were able to connect with the Apple device users and they reached 20 million subscribers. Again, think about that kind of leap. So in 2003, you were able to hit 1 million. And then in 2010, seven years later, you got 20 million subscribers. This is huge. Like this is just gigantic. And they at 2010, 
So Netflix has already been kind of looking out and they're starting to expand into an international market. So they're not just ready to conquer the U.S. They're now moving into places like Canada and they're trying to move out into places in Europe. They're trying to move into Mexico. Like they're looking at the globe and saying, there's a need here and we can fulfill that need because there's a vacuum. No one else is doing this. Let's go ahead and push on to this frontier. Super groundbreaking. And FYI, in 2010, Blockbuster filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, that. Uh-huh. That was, that was so Right, like be a the proud guys. moment for Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Right, 10 years earlier, they laughed him out of the room and like, we are not buying you for $50 million, and now they're filing we for bankruptcy. Did, um, Abby, are you going to... Uh-huh. I don't know if you're going to talk about this at all, but you know about like one blockbuster that's still around, right? Uh, I did not, because I thought they were all ordered to shut down no, in There's like one. There's one, and they have a Twitter account, <laughs> and it's fire it's hilarious oh my god (laughs) if you're not following them on twitter they're like out in washington or something right ryan i forget somewhere not like um, major city they're just like it's like i think it's just the guy just literally just holding on and he's like because there's still i mean i don't know where i mean about around you guys but there's still like family videos and some other like Oh, they're, yeah. they're slowly dying, but they're still there. So I family video has more staying power. Yeah, well, I mean, I think their business model was better. But oh Tom, yeah, does that one lone franchisee still have to pay franchise fees when corporate <laughs> <Right>. goes <laughs> <to> <laughs> when there's when there's a, a bankruptcy? And I wonder, He's working for free now. I wonder if they did use that one uh, for the uh, uh, Captain Marvel movie. But anyways, they have to. Sorry. Like, because, like, seriously, by the end of November, um, so a little bit of backstory, Dish Network actually bought Blockbuster in a bankruptcy auction, and by the end of, like, 2013 or something, it announced all remaining stores were going to be closed. So the fact that one survived, I have to assume it's one person who's really putting the money into that singular franchise to keep it alive. He probably, not necessarily he probably made some kind of a deal with DirecTV and was like, I'm Possibly. I am my own entity now. I want to be my own entity. And like that had to be it. Or maybe he like had to pay for an exorbitant fee in order to use that that name of Blockbuster. Yeah. But I can't imagine they just let that run free. Like, sure man, you can keep your outpost. Why not? Yeah. Interesting. Like um it is, it's kind of interesting because 2011, um, Netflix made probably their biggest misstep. And that was that they had decided they were going to separate their delivery by mail system from their streaming business. So anybody that was alive at that t- t- time, you might remember a, a name called Quickster. It existed for like a month because when Netflix rolled this out, people were pissed. And they, in November of that year, they lost 800,000 of their subscribers. So, oh, wow. like, they took a huge hit because they're like, hey, we're going to just separate mail by subscribers versus our video streaming. I remember, I remember when that happened because, like, oh, I remember, I think I remember having a conversation with, well, it might have been, I don't know if it was when, when it actually happened, but after the fact, because my, my grandmother wanted to get Netflix and she was talking through the options. And at that point, she was talking about, she's like, well, we can do a mail-in or we can do the this uh, streaming service. And I'm like, just do the streaming. I'm like, it's not worth it. Yep. It's not worth it to do. The, I mean, it's the same. But I do remember in that period when you could get newer movies 
on DVD, couldn't you? Am I remembering that wrong? Yeah, like it took longer to get things on the streaming service than to get the DVD access. So it's like in order to get the rights to DVDs, it was quicker. So if you wanted the newest DVDs, you still had to do the mail-in. Right. But in order to do the streaming, it was behind. And it felt like years behind and it, because we we're still watching like the 50s classics. Well, and that's well, that's what I guess what I was going to say is it was really frustrating when I'd be like, I want to watch, you know, the, I don't know, I Am Legend or something like that. That's like. I know this movie just came out on DVD and I go to like Google it and it's like, well, we have it, but we have it for the mail in only. Yep. Yeah, that was so frustrating. It was awful. But we thankfully moved past that dark era. <laughs> I don't know how we survived. <laughs> yeah, how did we ever? So 2013 arguably could be the next reinventing moment of Netflix because they actually started launching original content. Mm. So the very first original content that they had was House of Cards, which I'd be surprised if you haven't heard of that. That that TV show was legendary. Yeah. It was it was great, right? So like Netflix is proving that as an online streaming provider, they could compete with your traditional like ABC, NBC networks for quality content. Right. Nobody gave them this credit. Like nobody was expecting this from Netflix because we're thinking, okay, you're literally a provider that can go to other networks and provide us the stuff we've already seen. But to create your new stuff, that's that's huge. Uh, we take that for granted nowadays, but that was like a groundbreaking moment. Right. So Netflix, like, and that's was the- and that's relatively new. I mean, you t- you talk about I think, the history of Netflix and history of streaming, but the, really the history of, I mean, really if we want to kind of on a mi- on a macro scale, the history of uh, just entertainment in general, the fact that they could do this, like, that's only that's what seven years ago. Like, every streaming service has their own exclusive content now yeah right like it's everywhere but this was brand new just seven years ago we're not even a decade into this technology and we can already like look back and go wow we've come so far the floodgates they did absolutely they did another thing i think was really smarter than to create their own content was one thing that i thought netflix did well but started to fade was um managing their catalog of not overpaying for royalty rights but keeping the current content that people want you can go broke if you always have all of the current content not a couple of these b-list movies but by creating their own content they can create premium content that can stay in the catalog that's true right they developed that kind of monthly rollover where it's like hey starting in November, here's the new titles we're yeah. going to show, and here's October's list that's going away. So yeah, they're really strategically thinking about the money that they're spending. So now, again, to, to show how huge this was, in 2013, Netflix was actually the first internet TV network nominated for an Emmy. Oh. And that year, they went on to receive 31 primetime Emmy nominations because they had shows like House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, which, again, if you haven't heard of that, I'm surprised because they are not just a cult favorite. They are like a mainstream. They're legitimate, really popular shows. Yeah, They're legitimately good shows. So you're not just saying like oh it's it's an okay show like it was actually good the production quality the actors that they used 
were great. And, and all this was totally unexpected from a service like Netflix, because you're expecting people that aren't even on the B list, quite frankly. And the people they were able to get, phenomenal. This 2013 was a huge groundbreaking rule or year for Netflix. They had 40 million subscribers at that point. And I just want to point out, and I can I can imagine this in a boardroom media. Maybe, I, maybe I'm overthinking this, which we always do. But and I'm going to I'm going to call this at like what a little less than an hour, 50 minutes or so in Uh, this is going to be a two parter. (laughs) So so just so you guys are aware, the the uh, the uh, uh, listeners, Uh, I'm not going to follow her up nearly as well as with as much (laughs) information and research. But but there's still a lot to still cover even after Netflix. But I want to point this out, what you're talking about with these, this original content and winning these Emmys, and this is actually good quality. What is the difference, right? So the fundamentally, the only difference between something that you watch on CBS and something that you watch on Netflix is how you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So the quality is the same. What I'm getting at is, if you have the capital, if you have the money, if you have the experience, you can go out and make these with those big name actors. There's nothing preventing you from doing that other than the stigma of a streaming service, which I'm sure after House of Cards came out, people got over that real oh, quick. Oh, yeah, it's free game. Yeah. Yep. So so I guess that's the point that I'm, I'm getting at is they, they, the business model of every and the on-demand style, I think that just – you 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 had some a combination that really just was what people wanted at the time. So sorry. Well, and and then you got the re, like the dish service and cable. They were cranking up their prices, so people oh, were all, like, yeah, screw always, this. Yeah, right. Exactly. I want a cheaper way For to go. Sixteen bucks a month, I can watch this Emmy Award winning. Just and I can good. I can watch the entire season in one weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all right there. Right. You can watch and it. And I can pause pace. it, rewind it. Yep. I can, you know. Well, Ryan was going well, to talk. Gonna so I want to hear what he has after to say. What you said oh. about if you would have seen the stock prices then versus now, you'd like throw up. And I was telling, uh, referring back to when Monty was saying that uh, everyone else is asleep and we were talking about this. I'm just going to kick off the podcast. And I said, yeah, I was. Uh, I remember doing one of those kind of economics classes where you do like fake stocks. And I remember I was partnered up with someone that said, yeah, and mm-hmm. I was one year older than he was. So I was um, a little bit not taking him serious as he's throwing out stocks. Cause one of the things he told us to invest in was frozen chicken nuggets. So I uh, <laughs> didn't take him too seriously, but the, <laughs> but the other thing that he had suggested that we all take stock in the two of us, he goes, have you heard of this company, Netflix? And I'm like, no. Um, thinking cause my stepdad was doing the whole DVD mail in mail out thing. And I was like, yeah, they're going nowhere. And now I look back. And... Yeah, well, that's what everybody thought, obviously. Yeah, but I look back now, like uh, he said, I just kicked myself. Not that I was in a position to buy stocks at that point. I was only in high school. But like, yeah, to think that I thought they were going nowhere. Like everyone thought it might have been going nowhere. And it's yeah, like exactly. how well they've done for themselves yeah, since. Because, right. yeah, clearly I'd throw up if I could have bought stock back then compared to now. Yeah. yeah. And Abby's not even done with her timeline. So, Abby, please, please continue yeah. your uh, your informational TED talk. Okay. 
So think about it. And we're still in the year 2013 when Netflix rolls out a feature that's called the Profiles feature. So again, this is new, but you can have up to five different users using a single account. So you can have like parents watching their own content versus kids watching their own content. So this is actually making it a lot more versatile for the subscriber base as far as like you can personalize your algorithms to see stuff you want to see versus like to give you like a, a more personal experience with this. My husband, who is a war veteran loves like war related movies and i i'll be honest i i fall pretty liberal on my viewpoints the last thing i want to watch is like the outpost right but because of that we have our separate profiles the things that the algorithm shows for him to want to watch it's more toned towards those like war movies or even horror movies and mine are like those like really fruity little videos of like home decor, home organization, or the British baking show. Like, thank you, Netflix. I appreciate that you don't give me horror films because I can't sleep. So, at and night. that just goes back to the whole conversation that we had about the algorithm and how good the algorithm is. And I and I just yeah. wanna, I just want to say like also from personal experience. So, Michaela, or my wife and I, we share the same Netflix uh, profile because we generally generally watch things together. Yeah. We watch either watch things, not necessarily watch things together, but watch the same type of stuff, sitcoms and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. However, we only have one YouTube account. And what I find, because YouTube is obviously using algorithms as well. What I find, and I I guess to, to kind of backtrack, for those of you not really, for, I, mean, I guess we take it for granted, the term algorithm or what an algorithm does is suggests content for you based on what you've already listened to or watched or see. So it's trying to guess what you would be interested in. It's like, hey, you watch this. Would you would you want to see this? But anyways, so now on my home screen of YouTube, you'll see uh, things like Lego videos. Uh, Funko Pop videos, uh, the Mandalorian Easter eggs you didn't catch, Elmo's World, and Veggie Tales, <laughs> and uh, Sesame Street. And so, Mickey and Mickey After Dark. Oh, what, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is is exactly that we use that same account for our daughter to watch, you know, Sesame Street. So. I would love to be behind. I mean, clearly this isn't a person sitting there figuring this out. It's a computer program uh, code, but I'd love to see the guy. If this was back in the 1920s, who's trying to figure out what I'm watching. And he's like, Oh my God, he just watched something about, you know, the deep dive into what Batman's psyche is, but he just switched into Veggie Tales. We don't know. (laughs) What is this guy doing? Or this child has very robust taste right there. Exactly. Right. That kid is smart. Right. <laughs> God. It's, 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 no, it's amazing to think that it's only been seven years that we've had kind of this ability to give a more personalized way of approaching the the media that you're consuming, right? Like you're you're being told we've seen that you've watched these kind of movies. So we think these would be in your interest. So you're not having to see like me, somebody who really can't sit through a horror movie without having nightmares throughout the night. 
I don't have to see horror movies on my own personal profile. And I can't tell you how great that is because, yep, I would be very glad if I never have to watch The Babadook. Thank you very much, Netflix. Appreciate you. They even go as far. I don't know if you knew this, Abby. Maybe this is part of what you're going to you're going to be bringing up. But they've even gone as far as to change like the icon preview. Like when you see like that little like snip, it actually changes based on your profile. Like so. Yeah. You mean? No, no, no. I'm saying like you and I. Like let's let's just use like friends for example. You and I could have a profile and we watch the exact same things. And one of the things we watch is friends. Mm -hmm. Your icon, like the little tile when you click on friends, looks different. It has a different picture. Like mine might have a picture of Ross, and yours might have a picture of Chandler. Oh, really? They they do that level of individualism. Yeah, Yeah. uh, algorithm smarter than me guy yeah, we can't even throw these words out without her I, I don't even understand like i can't even describe in my like meek vocabulary yeah, i just sprained my tongue say me. what 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 is going on but i'm sorry so anyways abby we keep cutting you off go keep no keep no going. you're good i have a ton of we, we did say we'll get we into that. that oh you are going to get into that Yep. Well, we get into the 2017 I'm part sorry, of the timeline. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm right? too ahead of you. <laughs> I, I, I've always been that kid in in uh, in in school that was like, "But teacher, teacher, what about when you multiply negative numbers and the shut up and let me get there, kid? Uh, I will get there. Just shut up, Tom, Monty." <laughs> Right. You can you can picture that, right? Like you can all can picture me sitting oh, in class oh God, shooting yeah. <laughs> me, me, me yeah, with my right. hand up in the air, like yeah, that, that was that was me. I literally picture you like Hermione. Yes. When yes. she's talking about you could be either die or worse expelled. Like that's Tom or Monty yes. to me. I'm yes. sorry. And that is definitely Monty's way of approaching the world of like expulsion or not following the rules is way worse than dying. <laughs> Yeah, like you don't understand. Rules are meant to yeah. be followed. I, they're they're followed made them. for a reason, clearly. <laughs> right? Yes. That's okay. We need people like you in this world governing those like me who are chaotic. Well, there's there's that Punnett square of you know different chaotic goods and all that. Goes. Anyways, sorry. Everybody's looking to that. All right, so so we're we're at what two thousand. 13. Oh, okay. We have seven more years left. <laughs> we, we, Look, we're going to make a little time jump here, but <laughs> I just want to do a little plug and play, guys. So if you've heard of the phrase Netflix and chill, okay. first of all, we need to add kudos. Thank you to Black Twitter specifically for making this popular because it wasn't until 2015 although black twitter started like way back in 2019 using so, this so at mickey and i have the same exact look on my face that he has please take a what take a tangent to the tangent of this tree that's now over in freaking toodaloo kansas what what is black twitter yeah. we're more okay. open-minded All right. here okay <laughs> Right. Yeah, okay, we're like more everybody. we're more progressive over yeah. here. We don't use terms we're enlightened. like black and Twitter. <laughs> you're you're having a very liberal mind talk to you right now. So we're gonna have to take a moment here to understand that black Twitter is a different sphere within Twitter. Okay. They're often the ones who like make this groundbreaking like trend before it ever hits mainstream. So we're talking we're not just talking about like your hipsters, we're talking like beyond hipster level of a 
ex- discovering so new is things. This, is this in reference to African Americans, or is it just? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, do you know yeah. when you're on Black Twitter? No. When you're like, <laughs> like, is there something that pops up and it's like, hooray! Okay, so, you're on Black Twitter. It's not, but you, you, if you ever do a little bit of looking into it, you will see your like Black Twitter influencers, your Black TikTok influencers. They're often the ones who like hit this stuff first, then like. I'm not, I'm sorry if this is making it too racist. I really do apologize. But like, 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 like black Twitter tends to find this stuff and then white Twitter finds it. It's like, look at this new thing I found. It's like, really, we've been talking about it since 2009. It's 2015. And you guys are just learning about Netflix and chill. Congratulations. Good job. Kind of a thing. Like Netflix is chill to to be smart here. In 2009, it started off really innocent. It was talking about like chill was actually a new slang word for like relaxing at home in your sweatpants. So when they said Netflix and chill, it literally meant I'm sitting at home in my sweatpants watching like binge watching movies and doing stuff like that. Yeah. Like literally like that's all right. it meant in 2009. It wasn't until like 2014 that like girls were starting to catch on that this was the new like 1 a.m. text of hey you up huh. kind of a text where it's a booty call so I mean, it's a modern so it's a, it, it's a it's a hey wanna wanna come over and watch netflix that's absolutely it was it was the pg way of saying like hey in case my parents see this on my social media i'm saying netflix and chill but the girl that's over here watching Netflix with me knows that it is not about Netflix at all. <laughs> like that context really didn't come on until 2015. There was a lot of, there was so, a not, lot of Netflix streaming in parents' basements, partially or fully oh, finished yeah. basements. Streaking, streaming, whatever oh, yeah. it was. So, again, like this is how important Netflix is to our culture as it is nowadays, that it actually is part of a, a catchphrase where everybody knows what you're saying like netflix and chill yeah. okay we're gonna actually watch netflix I, 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 Got I actually it. think that nowadays maybe i don't know maybe and i'm married and have a kid so clearly there's a different uh connotation to that but i guess it, it, is it kind of i mean it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of like a funny nudge nudge thing nowadays right i mean it's not like 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 maybe i, I don't know i'm I don't even know. I, I'm so far out of the dating game that I don't even. No, I will. I will admit that COVID has kind of set us back again. So for a timely conversation, COVID means Netflix and chill ain't Netflix and chilling like it was oh, back in 2015. Sure. Uh-uh. Right. You're not inviting strangers over to watch your Netflix account with super exaggerated like apostrophes or whatever hyphens whatever around it like quotes so, around it there we go so and i also i mean maybe this is maybe this is also dating me but i there there had to be a certain point in time where it was kind of like a like a humble brag or something or like a lex to be like i've got a netflix yep. account so 2013 you still have to think so that way back in 2011 when netflix turned off like those 800,000 subscribers saying that we were going to split up our like streaming versus our mail-in they had to like make a lot of ground up and that's kind of why they started moving into this original content platform because a lot of people were driven away from it like i'm not gonna pay that much money per month for for whatever like i'll just save myself that cost so if you're saying let's netflix and chill i'm saying 
hey, I've got disposable income, babe. Why don't we hang out? Maybe maybe that translates to I have a good job. I have money. I have, you know. There's that subtle flex of I've got money. Like, we should hang out kind of a thing. So it was, no, it was definitely off of that, like, financial socioeconomic kind of standing. So that was a thing back in It's kind of like when I tell my wife right. that I have a pop that's worth over $200. I mean, it's basically Orange. the same right? thing. I mean, yeah. you can't so keep I her off yet. Right? Like, hey, look, I can provide, right. baby. See, I see have, my pop I collection? Disposable that's income. Right. I don't want to brag or anything, yeah. but I can picture, I can picture your wife's face right now with her eyes rolling yeah, to the back. Right. <laughs> Yeah. But it is 2020. Again, disposable income is a hot commodity. Flex that stuff like crazy. I've got disposable income. Do you want to watch TV with me in the basement? Not let's not go on a more elaborate <laughs> You're really impressive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I've got disposable income. Let's go to a nice yeah, in, in sweatpants. But <laughs> Look, 2013 was a weird time. Uh, okay, but on this, uh, this is a tan. We we love these tangents. But can I just point out the fact? And, and Abby, clearly, you're the only female in the group that maybe would have this type of experience. But I was surprised at the. I mean, I dated throughout high school, and obviously, when I met my wife, we we had you know talked about dating and what what we would do on dates and stuff. I'm surprised at how many girls, even like in high school. Or in college, we're like, I've never like gone on a dinner and a movie date. I feel like this is a soapbox moment. So I really apologize if this sounds super political. It's not the intent, guys. But as a woman, like you get inundated with these kind of weird flexes or these kind of weird things of like saying I'm better than the competition. So things of like, I have a disposable income is supposed to separate you from the other guy. So as far as like, Hey, I can actually listen to what you want to do. We didn't get that. What we got was, this is what I perceive you want from me. So look at me fulfill this need you never said you wanted fulfilled. So in that time of year, I can't tell you how happy I was already paired off with my husband because dating, I really don't think I would have married anybody if it wasn't for my husband because it was awful being a woman and having to go into these situations like, Oh, cool. You've got a Netflix account. So, like, what well, does that mean for me? It, oh, oh, I should. Well, and, and cool. I think that it, I guess it, it more speaks to the broader. I mean, God, we're really peeling back layers here, but it, it, it speaks to the pro- so broader, like, dating culture as a whole. And the, the fact, and I, cool, I'm way in over my head, current, current dating culture. I have, I don't, I can't even begin. But what I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that, like, like my experience where I'd be like going to a, a girl in like, let's say high school or, you know, I was already dating somebody in college, but like saying to them, hey, would you like to go on a date? Sure. What did you have in mind? Let's watch Netflix. That wasn't my answer. Yeah, it was. <laughs> hey, so let's go to dinner and let's go watch a movie, you yeah. know, like a gentleman would or, you know, or somebody both. who's like, let's go actually go out into society yeah. and do something put, put golf and or I bowling was, or anything right, like that. an actual date and i was just surprised at how many times that that would happen where i'd be like hey so let's go do this and they'd be like yeah there's I, i've never had a guy ask me to do that and it, it blew my mind yeah that's pretty standard. not that i dated you know 
just droves I mean, and droves Monty, of there's women, a couple but... people that you may have dated that didn't even have access to electricity. <laughs> oh, me date Monty. Bring back to K. I may or may yeah, not but, have dated an Amish but, woman, but we'll uh, leave that for another episode. But, this is this is the funny thing, Monty. Like that is such a rarity because I could tell you as a woman, it was definitely commonplace where these like stupid little comments were like the thing to pick up girls. So it really was like a Netflix. Netflix and chill started out as a warning code amongst women of, hey, this guy's only looking at you for a booty call. So if he says, hey, I've got Netflix, you should come over and watch it sometimes, he expects you to put out. It was a warning call amongst women just at its starting point. So before it became like mainstream of, hey, let's Netflix and chill, it was a FYI, this guy expects you to put out by just letting him come over. I don't don't know my my personality. I don't know what it was, but maybe my the way that my parents raised me, whatever. But it just that just seemed way too personal of a thing to do on a first. I would agree with that. Like it never, it never felt like, like, and uh, yeah, I I know Ryan well enough, and I know Mickey well enough that it just. Excuse me, all three of us not on a first date. (laughs) No way. You can at least buy me Netflix. Yeah, exactly. I want to check um, out your Netflix before I go that far. I got to see what your profile comes up as yeah, suggested content. content before we do anything. Uh, but but I guess, yeah, it just, it never really felt like that. That always like, even for me as a guy, like why would I want to put myself in such a pigeonholed situation where like that has to be the thing when I don't even know if I like you yet. Well, and you don't know what kind of person that is or what they're capable right. of. Right, like, that's the whole point of... But anyway, sorry, I know we're completely derailing this, and I, I gave, I guess I gave us the freedom to, like, be a part two or maybe a part three by now. But <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is is it that as you were as you're kind of explaining this, that you're absolutely right. This is part of the culture. Like, you don't know... And, and to fast forward again... Nobody I know doesn't have at least one of these streaming services. Your parents and everything. Yeah. Again, I want like I want to point out my appreciation for you three because as the only female on this, I could definitely ha- provide a different perspective of like that basic respect for asking what the other person would want to do on a date is really not always extended in these situations. So if you want to post like something that's part of like a timely podcast, this is the thing where women have really gotten used to expecting the bar to be on oh, the I've, ground. For us, like for us nice not guys, that makes our job it's no, it sucks. Oh, for, oh it, it sucks. Online dating because they just assume oh. every guy's a creep. Oh, yeah, I it's, can't even. Yeah, I guess I didn't you, think about it from it that. It sucks. Yeah, you really like you have to because I'm not kidding. Like I have been married since 2014. Like I married my high school sweetheart, guys. And the amount wow. of unsolicited dick pics big, I still flex. get. Right, like, but no. But, but think about that. So, like, I really haven't been on the market. And the amount of unsolicited dick pics that I get just because I'm female is ridiculous. So the fact that you three are respectful enough to go, hey, what would you like to do and ask for the other person's input is super appreciated. So, again, thank you for the truly nice guys who do bother well, to ask. It is always appreciated. Culture, I think we would thank agree you. that although all of us <laughs> fall out of 
the realm of the nature of that phrase, it didn't become popular because no one was cashing in on that phrase. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, there were a lot of split guys who thought... Back in 2013, it was, let me tell you, it was a lawless world. Us women were throwing ourselves into very careless situations where it's like, okay, well, this guy says we're just going to watch Netflix, so I'm going to go over to his house without any friends. You're not going to see a lot of women in 2020 that are going to freely go to a random guy's house without telling their friends, this is the exact address of this guy's location. If you don't hear from me by 6 a.m., oh, I call watch the criminal police. Yeah, you don't do that. You weren't going over there for no, uh, you don't. normal it, intention. Stranger Things wasn't even like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, like it wasn't really a cultural, <laughs> but but like you didn't funny. understand what Netflix and chill meant yet, you right? You couldn't even watch <laughs> so... Stranger Things for God. <laughs> right? like, he wasn't even offering that. He was offering the like, B-list movie. If I gotta do that, Sharknado Seventeen. <laughs> yeah, at least give me a good show before I gotta do that. All right. <laughs> So just appreciate how far we've come in I, seven years, guys. A lot of a lot of evolution. But I will occurred. say this: I do remember by the t- and and this is me dating. You know, as I was dating mom and dad. If you're listening to this, you I, were dating mom and dad. Wait, <laughs> we're going somewhere God. weird. Um, <laughs> I, and, and I guess, but if you're mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, if you're listening, I do remember, like in high school, dating. And after I've been dating for a couple months. Going in, 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 go, you know, going hanging out in like ex girlfriend's basement, but watching, <laughs> but watching a movie on DVD, like, like that's how old, like, they, there was no net, it wasn't a Netflix and chill. It was like, hey, I've got, I've got a, a DVD of, you know, the Patriot. He is a Patriot. Dude, in. I had Zenith TV no. and four no. channels. Right, right. And Mickey, and Mickey's over here hanging oh. on to the rabbit ears trying guys, to get this shit done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have no idea. He, he, was lucky, he was lucky if they didn't sing the Star Spangled Banner by the time he was done. Look, you know. Look, Monty, you and I were born the same year. You're dating us. It was, let's, how about you come over and we'll watch the exorcism of Emily right. Rose and then yeah, we'll yeah. hang out. So it was the Patriot. We were a little yeah. further along. Yeah, and I'm a lot older than that is the point. <laughs> Mickey was sitting there pounding on his TV. I mean, you guys oh, weren't even ah! watching. You guys weren't even watching the Patriot. You just looked out the window and saw the formations. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Mickey's handing muskets out the window. Okay, I'm not that old. I think he melted the rabbit ears down for musket balls. Mickey, you were on the winning side. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey melted the rabbit ears down to musket balls. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. What a hot date that was, too, let me tell you. Revolution and chill. Oh. <laughs> let me tell you right now, black Twitter, not a thing no. back then. No. Twitter. Twitter, not a thing back then. Oh my god. Free, free black Twitter. Facebook, was not a thing. Black no, it's not. God. Oh. <laughs> Free black powder muskets. <laughs> Sorry. All right, I'm not that old again, for the record. Oh, this isn't like 1800s. Word. Anyways, sorry, uh, Abby, continue. No, you're good. You're good. I just want to make sure we're giving kudos or kudos is deserved. So thank you, Black Twitter, for bringing Netflix and chill into the lexicon of the general public. 
by 2009. Like you guys were actually the ones to coin it. It didn't get mainstream till 2015, but thank you. Okay, so this is where again Netflix. <laughs> Mid conversation, she just takes off. Thank <laughs> you for running. Like, no, I. <laughs> no, but okay, so like this is important because again, 2016. This is just four years ago, but Netflix is already looking ahead of their time and they're kind of rebranding again. They had expanded to 190 wow. countries over the entire world. This is I can't even like, I can't not even, even name ten countries. But can you even name that many countries? Like, right? You can't even name 190 different countries, let alone tell me where Netflix is yeah. now popular. But that's how far they expanded, and they were accessible to 21 languages. So this is a platform that's not just striving to do well in the U.S. market. They're actually looking at the global market, going. This is an opportunity we can capitalize on. We can give voice to those who haven't been heard before. That's why Netflix is still breaking ground and still able to survive, even in the the last couple of years when other streaming services have become available, because it's looking beyond the U.S. market to other markets. They're actually developing the market. I was just going to say, it kind of goes back to that whole... um idea of like the farm communities like you think about different communities across the world that might not have seen something or like been a part i mean you you obviously it's it's a given right london uh paris uh munich uh those those cities these big you know uh metropolitan areas clearly they have the access clearly they can go and in in and have internet access to do something like this but like you said in other parts of the world, I mean, taking it to a global level, being able to give uh, people access to this streaming service really allows for, um, you know, a, a niche market in a way that I guess it kind of mirrors or kind of mimics the whole, you know, marketing to a rural communities in the U.S. Well, and they're making the rules. Right. Right. Exactly. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And and this is huge because, again, you think about these big these big markets like Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, London, because that's where a huge concentration of people are. But there's such this untapped demographic that Netflix has had shown repeatedly a unique ability to tap into that's proven why they're so successful they're not going where they know they're going to succeed they're going into these markets where they might not necessarily succeed at the beginning but because they're the only one there eventually they're going to succeed because nobody else is competing there so yep they're the de facto winner and that's why they continue to be able to do better than other people have or other companies have because they're capturing these people that get left behind they don't seem to have enough numbers but they really do when you when you think about this global scale they really do have the revenue necessary to and build this, a company they're cornering up. all these markets and I mean, this is i i guess the other reason yeah. why I, I started out the episode by saying what does everybody have access to every everybody said yeah. they had netflix multiple too yeah that we if you have any streaming services i i would i would like to see the the numbers on that how many people, because clearly most, if not all households, most households in America have a streaming service. If they do, 
How many of them are going, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to have Amazon Prime. No, they, they have Netflix as well. Yeah. You know, I'm sure I'm surprised Abby hasn't mentioned that. Other... 2017, oh, yeah. guys, let me get to that part of the timeline. Sorry. <laughs> We're holding you back. <laughs> so, again, yeah, really. Right. We should just put a microphone in front of you and just let you just record this whole episode, really. I'm Why so are you sorry. Again, I really love it. You're bringing information. I just want to. I just want to emphasize the fact that I literally texted these guys and said, "I want you to do a little bit of research, but really, it only needs to be like five minutes." So that's, that's all I did. For I should have gave Abby like a uh, you know a half an hour. You know, hey, we're gonna record an episode, and then. No, but but I'm serious. It's like this is the kind of information that I, I mean. It, and I just again a side tangent. If if Mickey and I have two people listen to this episode, to me, we're good. That's good. You are a little sick. Yeah, just given the timeline for all of them. Basically. Yeah, and and I, and I think that it's just like like I said, this this type of conversation is the reason why we started this podcast. Oh, yeah. so, so I you no reason to um no reason to apologize. Uh, disclaimer: None of us are going to be. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for Ryan, but I don't think Mickey and I have a nearly and a half maybe. So yeah, this is a thing. I'm- I'm almost afraid That's to follow right, yeah, Abby I gotta go because next. it's just going to disappoint the viewers. I think I just got sick with COVID. I got to go. It's kind of it's kind of like the uh, local band following, like you know, Green Day or yeah, Green Day. Jesus, uh, like ACDC or Rolling Beatles or, Beatles or something. Yeah, it's like so. There's Jim here that plays guitar in his free time. Um, you're up next. <laughs> after a twenty second song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can Van, Van, Van Halen's <laughs> gonna open for Jim, okay? I just have to <laughs> I just like to think of myself as Hermione. Thank you very much. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> okay. So again, we're back in 2016, four years ago. FYI, Netflix was the first one to listen to their subscriber base, mm. and they offered offline playback, which if you've ever had to take any sort of flight anywhere, thank you, Netflix, for offering us the ability to download content. So while we're on a flight, we yeah. can watch yeah, that content that, uh, while we're that on that flight. Thank you. If you've, got a, if you've got a four gigabyte, uh, you know iPod yes. touch you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to download an episode of you know no, how anything. I met your mother yeah no god no this is again that part where like listening to your customers your subscribers and providing the resources that they're asking for creates a really positive gain for a company Netflix is really showing that that is right. a very good thing listen to what the people are telling you because by by 2017, so a reminder in in 2000, Netflix was trying to talk to Blockbuster to say, "Will you buy us for 50 million dollars?" We're now in 2017. The number of Netflix subscribers equal the number of really? all. I mean, every single cable offering service 
all of their subscribers. That means 73% of U.S. households were captured by Netflix. They already had your money. They already had that subscriber base. They had them solid. That's 17 years that they were able to capture 73% of a huge market, right? Like, and they're talking also 100 billion subscribers globally. So they are definitely doing well in their approach of going global. They're getting interest. They're showing, hey, there's a market here. There's a reason we should put money back into this option because people are very interested. Now, that's not to say Netflix isn't without its missteps, because the reason I want to point this out is because it's one of my favorite tweets in the history of time. December of 2017, guys, this is the year that Netflix honestly tweeted out to the 53 people who watched a Christmas <laughs> every day for the past 18 days, who hurt you? <laughs> no, no. So, okay, this is important for two reasons. First of all, because... A Christmas Prince, if you've ever heard of or (laughs) seen any Hallmark Christmas movie, there's like, right, like, there's like, right, like, there's like cliche of things that have to happen in a holiday movie. And a Christmas Prince awfully hits every single one of them. Like, the, the plot doesn't feel congruent. It's really not the greatest quality. But if you watch those kind of movies, like this is almost perfectly your cup of tea. It's not serious, but it takes you out of real life into Star a fantasy world special. for like an hour and 30 minutes or whatever the runtime is. So, right? Right? Like, I mean, it's awful. Like, if you're a film critic, you're like, why are people watching this? But to the 53 <laughs> people who watched it 18 days in a row, Netflix called them out. And this is one of those culture, like those cultural moments where we're like, we'd heard of Edward Snowden being like, hey, they're watching you. And then we start making the memes and the jokes about everybody has their own personal FBI agent that's monitoring their internet service. And so like people are apologizing, like, sorry to my FBI agent who has to watch me like Google <laughs> porn and then immediately Google, how do I cook pasta within like a 24 hour period? That's okay. Right? I, I get we're sitting on after dark things. Sorry, Monty. But like, like this is encouraging. Just, like this is just encouraging that mindset of like, they're literally always watching you. But it's kind of a funny moment for like a company to interact with its fan just, base. Like really personally. I just personally. also want to point out <laughs> Who hurt you? That, like, I just love that. Like, thank everything. you. The ability to track that data probably feeds into all this. Like, like I don't, I don't know how like networks like can they? Tr- I mean, I mean, I guess this is an open question to everybody. Can a network like if I turn on my TV right now and I'm watching cable or something over the air, can they actually track that I'm watching The Bachelorette on Tuesday nights? Right. Yes. They yeah. can't, so, but they so send out a survey. At, though, I forget, like, like you, is it the Nielsen survey or whatever? One, actually, answer, so, like, two, actually answer honestly. Yeah. So you're you're taking all of that away when you're streaming something where it's right. like we know, like you like don't lie to us because we know. Yeah. Right. Like that's the like the benefit the the con of a online streaming service of like they have instant feedback of 
what are people interested in? So, hey, uh, in 2020, the, the Tiger King the documentary became super popular. I'm sorry. In no previous oh, like year sure. would that have yeah. become quite as popular as it did because we had all these shutdowns. So that was important content for, for Netflix to go like, this is the time yeah. when all those like that's like, a good one. Exploratory documentaries. That we should release them now and see we, what lands we debated whether or not we should do an episode on it. And it's just uh, I don't I know don't that know. I have the stomach to watch it again. again and my gut's yeah. getting bigger all the time. I mean, if it's pop culture, yeah. well, yeah. there's a lot of things that are on my to do yeah. list for this podcast. I don't know if I can watch it again. I did see a meme that was like, like with 2020 and everything going to like the coronavirus and all that it's like a meme of like of president trump leaning into one of his visors and he's like like they're them telling him like the coronavirus and everything's going on and he goes release the tiger king <laughs> so, <laughs> so. <laughs> like because in all previous years like all this content like we had so much media that was competing for user like uh appeal or approval 2020 was unprecedented in that we suddenly had the viewership that we could have only hoped for like we had 24 hour access nonstop. it's like we can literally throw anything at the wall and it is going to stick let's take advantage of this situation Netflix did it i'm sorry the tiger king is perfect opportunity to be like this is batshit crazy but you know what that's what the world is today Let's yeah. do it. It's batshit. It crazy. is. Yes. It absolutely is. When you rewatch a movie, crazy. you're hoping to watch it and catch things you missed mm-hmm. the first time. Tell me that Tiger King does not perfectly well, fit into true. that because even after you're watching it, you're like, <laughs> oh, "What am I watching?" So, yeah. So, and I also just on a on a you on a, again prepare just a step back. You. You you just touched on like a couple key things, right? One twenty twenty going on and everything, but also the fact that like this didn't uh-huh. happen in a vacuum. And what I mean by that is people were talking about this, and people weren't talking about this like me going down to the local watering hole and yeah. talking to my friend across the water from cooler the, from from the right. I, I I'm I'm not going to the right, local bar to talk to Mickey about Tiger King. I'm tweeting about it. Yeah. I'm talking about it on Facebook. I'm making a meme about it. So like a lot of things that, uh-huh. that we talk about with with in terms of popularity and the thing like it it's a direct result of that technology and the culture and like that instant pairing. gratification too. I mean. Right. And, and so yeah, I guess I that's that I guess I just want to point that yeah. part out that if this would have if Tiger King would have been released in 1995, nothing. It's different. It's yeah. it's it's a different situation, and and I guess that's that's the whole. It I, mean, I mean, that's you know a lot of success is timing. So, and our media has gone crazy lately. I mean, that's just right. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, it, it's it's just that that shift in perspective that we've now gotten to really see in real time in 2020. So for my last like few comments, that's all I'm going to leave off for Netflix. And I know Netflix sounds like it could be dying because we now yeah. got like things like Disney plus, I think um, NBC has Peacock, S- 
or CPS has like all access. So now you finally got these like prime time networks that are looking at Netflix going, we've been supplying you access to shows like the office and friends that have been watched like on repeat in binge mode since Netflix has offered streaming services. Like, so like for over a decade, you've been making money off of us. We're now going to pull that content and show it on our own streaming services. The reason Netflix is still able to survive in that that a environment is that Netflix has now created original content that we're hooked on. So they created House of Cards, right? Like they created House of Cards. They've helped to create um, Orange is the New Black. They've helped to create Stranger Things. So they've now actually graduated into a true um, media conglomerate that's able to compete with these other networks that have been around for a hundred years so when they i just want to highlight the fact like back in 2018 literally a hundred years like like that's that's what netflix is competing against companies that have been around since they broadcast yeah they broadcast us landing on the moon Mm -hmm. that's true yeah yeah right like Netflix has only been around for just over 20 years and it's already going in 2018. This is even two years ago. So this is still outdated information. They spent $12 billion building a library of original films because they went to these other countries, to these other filmmakers in other countries that go, hey, we see you're not getting the funding to tell your story we're going to give it to you if you will agree to give your content like the streaming access on our service. So we're going to give you a voice. So they've given a voice to these people who would have never had the opportunity to tell their stories before. And that is why Netflix is managing to roll with the punches and become a new kind of service going into the future going, okay, I get everybody's offering streaming now, but I'm now giving you a global perspective of streaming. So there Netflix isn't out of the fight yet. That's the big thing. You just have to look at them in a different perspective where don't go to them for the office or friends, but go to them. If you want to see something from freaking Portugal that you would have never seen on NBC. One, I just want to point out these original content that you're talking about that these people haven't gotten the funding for that they want to, excuse me, they want to tell their story. We will most likely never see that. I'm I'm probably not going to see some original content from Portugal or China or Japan. You're not looking for it, yeah. But I and maybe you haven't like, like I keep saying this, and then you end up being like, "Well, just wait, Tom, Monty, just wait, Monty." <laughs> you just called yourself Tom. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that you can do like VPN in, and there is different content depending, like. My wife had even said that that Netflix content is different when she was over in London. Oh, sure. Compared oh, to sure. the, the culture, U.S. The so, so it's like depending on where you're logging in the internet, they're giving you different information. And even like, like I love watching stand-up comedy. Like, you know, we're like, Netflix is still the best for that. Right. All these other streaming services don't compare. I mean, and there's there's other demographics like that that yep. you, you're going to go to Netflix first, even still. With all right. like HBO Max and all these other ones, there's still stuff like that. I'm gonna go there first. Yeah. Right, but no plugging off one two. What of month month Monty said? Oh my god, I can speak. <laughs> what Monty said was there are these like different 
um, businesses that have grown based on being able to provide you a VPN login from a different country. So you can see this content is not available in the US, but it's available in like Europe. So like Netflix has created a new market. That's, that's why Netflix is so important. Whenever you talk about streaming, you have got to give kudos to Netflix. That concludes part one of our streaming services uh, series. Uh, Stay tuned for part two and thank you for listening. Creepy person you have at the end of your show now.